a summary of the Sicha volume 18 of Lakutu Sichas, the Sicha of Chukas Balak with Yud Beis Yud Gimel Tamas. The Rebbe quotes the Shalah that says that all holidays of the year, even if they're rabbinically instituted holidays, have a connection to the weekly Parsha. Therefore, we have to say, it's a self-understood, that the redemption, the Guchaga Gula of Yud Beis Yud Gimel Tamas from the previous Rebbe also has a connection to the Parsha. And it has a connection in three components. It has a connection to Parsha's Chukas, it has a connection to Parsha's Balak, and it has a connection, a unified connection between both Parsha's together. What's the theme of Parsha's Chukas? It begins, Chukas represents the commandment that's the highest level of a commandment of a mitzvah which has no rationale that was given with it. It's a chukah, chakakti, gezer, kazarti. We do it only because Hashem said to do it and it's His decree. This is the desire of Hashem. And in self-sacrifice, that's what it means, chukah. You go on a self-sacrifice beyond any kind of level of rationale, even to the point that you're willing to give up your life for it. That means when you rationalize your self-sacrifice, that means you have to be here to have that, to have that rationale in the self-sacrifice. You're doing it for yourself for whatever reason. But here, you're doing it even if there's no self here. And this is why Messiris Nefesh self-sacrifice is not mentioned in the Torah and Torah Shabbat because Torah Shabbat is all about Chachma. Messiris Nefesh self-sacrifice is higher than levels of intellect. So that's the connection of Yud Beis Tammuz to Parsha of Chukas. Now, the name is not just, the name of the Parsha is not Zeus Chukas Torah or Chukas Torah, it's Chukas itself. Chukas is because it emphasizing this idea of the red heifer, which is uh, the mitzvah of the, that's the super rationale, higher than any other Chukah. That's why it wants to emphasize that. That's emphasized by calling it just Chukas. Even Shleim Mahamel, who was the Chacham of all, of all people, he also said that on this one I cannot understand it. So it's not just that my intellect agrees with this mitzvah. It's that the intellect doesn't even have a say over there. And so too when it comes to self-sacrifice. You could do one kind of self-sacrifice. Say, oh, should I go on self-sacrifice? Let me open up the Shulchan Aruch. What does it say in the books? What does it say in the Torah? Should I do it? Okay, I'll do it. A higher level of self-sacrifice is that it's without any calculation. I don't even have to check the Torah. This is what I'm doing. I'm doing this because this is what's for Hashem. And that's the level of self-sacrifice that we find by the previous Rebbe. When he went on the self-sacrifice, he spread Yiddishkeit in a way in many categories. By sending Rabbanim, by sending Shachtim, into places that were missing people to shechter the kev kosher food, establishing mikvahs there, and establishing yeshivas for older boys, and also chadarim, which means underground schoolings for children. And the main thing of why he was arrested was for his spreading Torah to children. And you could ask a simple question. Why did he have to go on such a self-sacrifice for a category of, y- of Yiddishkeit for children, which you don't even know what's going to be the outcome of this? How do you know they're going to grow up? How do you know they'll be successful? Spend your time on self-sacrifice just on the older kids. And you could ask it even stronger. How could you take adults that are obligated in mitzvahs to go on a self-sacrifice for children who are not even obligated to, on, the techni- on a halachic level? It's only because of chinuch. And the answer to this is because by the previous Rebbe he went on a self-sacrifice without any calculations. Because he was the Nasi 
of the uh, of the Jews. He cared about the future of the existence of the Jewish people, and he knew that that's dependent on the children. Like the Chazal say, if there's no kid goats, there's no adult goats. So if you don't have these children, do you want to have anything else? Ah, you could ask a question that in the laws of nature, the success of this happening, that these children will grow up and be around and to be able to continue this is so slim. The previous Rebbe's attitude was that belongs to Hashem, what's going to be the outcome. My job is to keep it alive. How it will be alive? Will it be alive? That's in Hashem's hand. Like we find in Hananiah, Mishael, of Azariah, in the book of Daniel, that they said to King Nebuchadnezzar that whether they'll have the merit to survive the fire, that's something that's not in their hands. That's up to Hashem. But regardless of whether survive or not, we're not, we will not bow to these idols, God forbid. And if we won't be saved, it's nothing to do with the choice of King Nebuchadnezzar because we're not subjected to your choice of killing us. It's Hashem's decision of whether he'll make you the messenger or not. Now, this kind of level of self-sacrifice by the previous Rebbe, we actually find it fascinating over his 30 years of being the Nasi of Klal Yisrael. He became the Nasi in 1920 in Tafresh for the first 10 years, he was in Russia. The second, basically, until he, was, he became established in the next place in Poland in 1930 till 1940. He was in Poland and then to American soil from 1940 to 1950. And we find three different kinds of styles of self-sacrifice. In each one of them, he was completely devoted beyond the levels of intellect. In the first 10 years with Russia, it was a question of life or death, literally. And it was so painful that even when he had one of his students or teachers was arrested and they were taken out by the Russian government, it was even more painful for him and he would send another student to him. And sending out somebody to go on self-sacrifice is even more painful than going on self-sacrifice for yourself, but he did it. The second 10 years was a different challenge. He was able, it was a perfect, suitable place because so many hundreds of thousands of Jews were living there. It was a perfect place to spread the Torah of Hasidus in an unbelievable broad way. But there was limitations because of reasons, because there were people that were in the category, as we say it on Yosef Bayachiv, which is, he's also Yosef, that the brothers were jealous. And like the Rebbe said, knowing that Hashem will be the one to protect it and to guard it. And that's why he was able to constantly go and continue a self-sacrifice level over there too with the Fermiyadim. Even though it seems like the second level was even harder because these were Mamish Achivs. They were levels of brothers, meaning they were the same kind of you know, people that are from Jews. But in a certain way, you, it was even t- took more self-sacrifice out. And even more, and a different kind of way of self-sacrifice was in the third period when it came to the sacrifice in America, which was to break the trend that we're now in a place that is content the way they are. They, they were skeptics, they laughed. That could be even harder to overcome that. And nevertheless, even that, when people told him, why don't you just focus on Aeneas, Nafshi, Itzalti, you were saved, that's enough. Why do you have to go and take over the whole country with a place of Tyra? You could just be happy with your own institution. But he wasn't. It wasn't that he wasn't happy. He went on a self-sacrifice beyond the letter of intellect.
So even though intellectually it doesn't make sense, but because that was his complete attitude, he was able to do it. So that's all the connection to Chukas. The connection with Balak is to the redemption is that a Balak who was the arch enemy of the Jews, Yosem, he calls Sainim, he was an unbelievable uh, anti-Semite, the greatest of all. And he had no reason to be scared, no reason to, to fear that people were going to take over his lands. Matter of fact, the Jews had a commandment that don't distress the Moivim people, don't provoke war against them. Nevertheless, he couldn't handle the existence of the Jews. And that's what happened also for those people, those Jews in Russia that didn't like that he was doing Yiddishkeit, they couldn't stand the existence of a firm Jew doing the Yiddishkeit. And like the famous letter the previous year, he says, technically it was mutter. It was even permitted according to the law what I was doing. But because of these tattered tales that made up all these stories against the Yiddishkeit, and they claimed the, tra- the traitor, that he's a traitor against the government and so on, that's what caused this arrest. And just like the end of the story of Balak, that even after he hired Bilam and they tried to curse the Jews, but they realized that they can't, it turned out that all their curses turned out to be a blessing. So too, those that arrested the previous Rebbe turned out that they were the ones themselves that helped them to be arrested. What's the connection to both Parshas together? Of Chukas of Balak, we find the lesson is like this. In the opposition of Balak against the Jews, he concocted a whole thing that the Jews will chew up all the, the grain of the land, just like an ox chews up the grass. In other words, he came up with all kinds of things and Bilam tried to come up with all his kinds of things nevertheless it turned into a bracha. In other words, from the, the epitome of the level of hatred to the Jews, he couldn't hold himself in Bilam and he tried to curse anyways. So too, the previous Rebbe, he, similar to this idea, he brings down in his mimer from Basi Lagani of Tavshin Yud, he says there that there's a concept of shtus de lo'umazeh. There's folliness that's lower than intellect, not higher than intellect, like Kishtus of Kedusha, just the clip is lower than intellect. Because you could have the attitude and you could say, this is the way the world does, so, so, is, so is the way it is, that's the way it is, I don't change it. I don't change, for example, the times of when my eating's and, and, and sleeping, that's fixed times. And you, you'll never, you never, let, you never skip that, for, for the most part. While at the same time, when it comes to a fixed time for Torah and davening, for that, you don't say, oh, that's a fixed time and therefore I can never uh, push it off. But you could push it off, God forbid, and even never even make it up. But if you have the service to Hashem in the level of chukas, that I do falliness in a kedushadik way higher than intellect, then you don't get affected by this not good shtus, and, and, which is lower than, than, than intellect, and you elevate it and transform it to be a shtus of kedusha. And in this kind of way, you can see also in the, of the chukas balak that it was also in those that were against the previous rebbe. As it's known, there was the man Lulav. He was one of the two Jews when he arrested the previous rebbe. At the same time, he said to him, please, rebbe. He said, chasidim, blaybir chasidim, chasidim, stay chasidim. My zayda carried your zayda's pekach, meaning the rebbe Rashab. So I want to carry your pekach. Of course, the previous rebbe didn't allow him to do that. And he later on, he even called him rebbe when he tried to get him to stand up in, at, 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 to hear a certain proclamation they wanted to read to the previous rebbe. And the Mitzvah Rebbe also once said this on those oppositions to him. They called him a Rebbe. He said, oh, you see, they slipped out of their mouth their true feeling inside that I'm the, that I'm the Rebbe. So too, Lulav ended up being the one who the previous Rebbe warned him that he could end up having sufferings from this. And nevertheless, he continued in this way. And eventually, when the government let the previous Rebbe out, the government themselves took care of him. In other words, they did, he behaved in a way lower than 
any kind of rationale. And through this, by that the previous Rebbe had this kind of conduct of chukas with the self-sacrifice higher than intellect. This nullified those that were in opposition of him. As we say in the Aftarah, the Shabbos, the Cholay Vecha, all the enemies will be gone. Until, as it will happen, that the, he was freed and will reach to, the, to another, which we got out of that, another Yom by the Jews, and eventually this entire month of Tammuz will be turned over to Sasa and Simcha and to Mayadim Tevim Bekar of Mamash.